Hello and welcome to the Humans of Cinema podcast. My name is Harshit and today I'm joined by cinematographer Priya Seth. Priya has been working in the world of films as a cinematographer for over 20 years. She has worked uh, on films like Airlift, Bara Ana, Chef and she's also one of the leading underwater DOPs in India. Uh so thank you so much for joining Priya. It's a big big pleasure. Um Priya, so I just want to get started by asking you about your cinematic influences while growing up. Uh as a child what were the films that influenced you the most that made you want to be a part of the world of films and made you want to be uh, you know made you want to become a cinematographer what were those films for you so um well the two parts to your question what influenced me as i was growing up and what made me want to be a cinematographer i don't think at that point i had that much exposure to cinema so it wasn't really cinema that uh, influenced my decision to become a cinematographer so much but uh, i think i was far more influenced by the world of photography and far more by painting and okay. by the fine art so that was a large influence in me i mean in my life when i was growing up like painters and renaissance and all of that and i was deeply deeply involved in that part of hmm. uh, the arts just in terms of interest and i think in study okay. and uh, to me, and i couldn't paint to save my life So I think okay. it was a natural progression from there. It was like, how else would one do this? And it is painting with light, isn't it? Cinematography. So that was my start. Okay. Okay. So uh, films like were you an avid film watcher as a as a child at all, or when did you start watching films? Uh, was it after you grew up, or when did your fascination with cinema start? So no, I did not watch many films when I was growing up. I went to a boarding school up in the hills, and we didn't have. Okay. you know our only exposure to films was once in a month you got taken to the local movie theater in dehradun and got to watch some really trashy hindi film so uh, i had zero interest in that never watched it um i started watching films actually after probably i started working and i started assisting as a cinematographer is when my first interest with filmmaking actually was aroused and i started when you study it i think and i needed to study it for me to understand a little more of filmmaking i wasn't a big film buff growing up not at all okay okay uh so until now have there been any particular films uh that have probably influenced you as a cinematographer let's say let's say your style your cinematography style or let's say are there any cinematographers also which have influenced your style the most so um again if you're going to ask me about my cinematography style and if any cinematographers have influenced that no and i hope that okay. doesn't happen because okay. i don't think one wants your style to be influenced by somebody else and okay. one should not have your own style i think the style of a cinematographer should be what a film demands for that particular and i think we should have multiple personalities at any given point i should be able to shoot one style today and a whole other style tomorrow depending on what is required you know so uh, mm. i hope i don't have and i hope it is not influenced by anybody else and uh, one keeps trying to evolve a certain means of expression i think hmm as opposed to having a distinct signature style okay okay so um when did you know you want to be a cinematographer priya i actually went to so every summer in college i would uh, go work at utv united televisions in bombay which was at that point uh, run by ronnie stuwala so okay. all my summer jobs college i would end up there for 3 4 months at a time one year working in the tv department another year working in the ad film department and you know over 3 years i circulated there hmm. which is when actually just in filmmaking got uh, i 
like you know this is something i think i could do and i could enjoy and i think why okay. filmmaking approached me at that point was i was studying economics and maths in college i was at st xavier's college in mumbai studying economics maths mm. because it required this amount of i think mugging and rectoing anything that's mm. the reason i enjoyed it and uh, but always had an interest in everything possible on the planet so i think that's what filmmaking allows you to do is if you're you know jack of all trades master of none hmm. and you have an interest in science math arts literature everything there is yeah. no better place than a filmmaker so i think that's when it got i wanted to explore this i went to new york and i did a six month course in filmmaking not in cinematography okay and it there that the minute you know we got to do some amount of shooting and it was still on film at that point and i got a camera in my hand and mm. i had to thread the mag and you had to learn how to repair a camera and open it up and i was like this i think is uh, where i belong so it was okay. there okay Priya, uh, for the people who, you know who are just cinephiles and who have not particularly worked in cinema themselves, uh, if we have, if you had to talk about how a cinematographer, let's say you personally, how do you add your own inputs to a scene? Let's say you know you get a script and a script uh, or a scene is written in a particular way. How would you add your own inputs to the scene in order to maximize the impact of that scene? How, how where does the cinematographer come into the picture? So when you're with in a feature film when you're actually doing narrative work and you receive the script you know it i think the kind of films that i like to work with and the kind of people i like to work with are where it is very very collaborative you know i don't the the reason i'm drawn to certain films and certain filmmakers forget scripts mm. i think you can get a really interesting script but if the director is not collaborative with you and you don't really get any get to have a say or an input then i don't want to be a recorder on set i don't want to come there and have to put a camera where i'm told to do and just have to do what is being told to me mm. so i think the places where one gets to actually sit on the script and i think you have to find as a cinematographer what is the dna of the story how am i going to actually break this down and have what is the viewpoint what mm. is where is the viewpoint is it a subjective viewpoint is it objective of course you don't come up with any of this on your own this is also sitting with the director and having conversations and then i call it akin to finding a handwriting for the film you know it's not one scene or another scene but what is the language of the cinematography and mm. for me that's a it's a quite you know i always feel like it's like a snake shedding a skin it takes me very long and it takes lots of intense days of just sitting with a script and a pen and paper and trying to work out what is going to be the language and the handwriting of this film which is consistent through the entire telling of the story so mm. that there is one voice to the film and the voice of course is a collaborative voice but it should be consistent you know it's not that this scene is shot like that and the other scene is told like that of course it doesn't mean that everything looks uniform but still you know there has to be a certain sur in the telling of the story and to me that i find is the greatest um contribution that the cinematographer brings in there's a consistency to the voice in the film hmm okay uh priya you you were just talking about uh, being inspired by paintings and being inside by the renaissance period uh you know as again i'm also somebody who does not have any experience with the cameras or with cinematography myself so whatever i've learned or whatever i have been able to understand has been from you know let's say film analysis videos that i see online uh and you know a lot of them a lot of these videos do compare cinematography with paintings uh there is even you know there's this entire series that a person has done where he has compared 
film shots with iconic paintings if you have, if you have seen that series as well right um, so how closely do you think these classical art forms like paintings and modern art forms like cinematography or cinema are related to each other well i think uh, the genesis of all of our modern art forms whether you take photography or you take cinematography come from painting come from the world of yeah um, we will come from classical paintings and probably going back further you know and to me i always find that when i have to look for inspiration i have to find some particular inspiration i won't say reference i don't like to reference i don't normally reference and i don't reference okay. films actually which is you are me avoiding that question a lot is because my referencing never comes from films because it's too uh, diluted already a film mm-hmm. is already diluted by so many other voices and so many other people and their viewpoints where they are taken an inspiration and they translated it sure so i just find far more pure for me to go back to the root of all image making and the root of all image making for me is paintings okay so i would rather find an artist there who would inspire me or you know sometimes it's even a building or it could be anything like that some light falling on a surface and i always find something very distilled and very very simple as an inspiration and find that much more my style to be able to take and then work upon then mm. to find a film and they inextricably linked it, at the end of the day we are painting we are painting yeah. a this surface which we make 2d and uh, we are using light in the same way that they use pigments and paints so uh, it's the same thing you know i think the medium of translation has changed but it is it does come they're very closely connected okay and priya uh, specifically you know uh, you have worked as an underwater dop for so many films and uh, other projects as well um how is one uh like how did you get started as an underwater dop was this something that you were always fascinated by or interested in or like did it happen by design and two how different is it uh, from being like you know from from shooting non underwater scenes of uh, shooting the normal scenes how different is the whole process for you um so again it was not something that was by design i think i've come upon everything in my life accidentally because my interest is peaked by so many different things and it changes Hmm. all the time that i'm just generally a curious person so this was again one of those things it was uh, pralad kakkar who's uh, one of the great actor makers right. yeah he was diving school and he was one of the first people who started shooting underwater or delving in the underwater world with lacquer dives and i happened to bump into him in an elevator i was an assistant at that point and he basically barked out at me and said that uh, all you young ones are doing absolutely nothing there is this whole underwater world which is and the cameras are showing up in india and uh, you're doing nothing okay you're doing nothing to this and you know this is going to come and who's going to shoot and i was like oh i don't know and uh, i'm generally quite you know physically active i'm sporty i do all of that stuff so the idea was like oh one more thing to try so let's go and try went to lakshadweep learned how to dive wow. and uh, i think it was a few months later two months later that suddenly there was an underwater shoot and uh, put my hand up and said okay we'll go do it so this was my husband at the time both of us went we took a camera went off to lakshadweep with anish who's our colleague and uh, did not i didn't even know which way was up my head was in some direction my legs were somewhere else but uh, just i think it's good if you throw yourself into the deep end you know literally and figuratively just go there and do it something mm. will happen and uh, really enjoyed it i think found 
this whole other world, which is such a privilege. I say it's a privilege because such such few of us actually have made the effort and given it the time uh, that's needed, and to develop this part of our craft. Underwater cinematography is not something that I take for granted. Mm. It's something that required a lot of work because it is physically very very difficult as well. And I think there is a lot of finding. You know, you need to center yourself when you're trying to do that because not only are you trying to shoot underwater, but yeah. there is learning the skill of diving. So you need to learn the skill of diving. You need to perfect that. Then use that. Then you need to first shed that skill. You know, it's like if you're so aware that you're walking, you'll never be able to shoot handheld properly. You have to you forget all those things. Hmm. So then you need to forget the entire part so that you're just able to take the camera underwater and just. it becomes second nature to you so it's taken a lot to get here and uh, i love it so deeply it's like a very precious part of what i do and i love it i love it uh, intensely and deeply and besides of course the of course you know you have to learn to, uh, how to dive and you it's uh, obviously very physically straining uh, i'm sure as compared to you know uh, the the, the non underwater projects that you do but besides that how uh, different is it creatively So um well what happens interestingly most underwater shoots at least 9 out of 10 underwater shoots it's much more collaborative for me because i as you mentioned i shoot a lot of underwater for films for feature films right which could be from all over the south hindi films like all sorts of films so okay. in most shoots there already is a dp on board there is a cinematographer who's already shooting the whole film hmm. so the experience is very collaborative you know i will chat with the cinematographer understand their vision for the film how are they shooting the film and we get into discussions about that and then the underwater part is an extension of that and it's great because most of my other work i don't get to collaborate with the cinematographer you know we function on our own little bubbles you collaborate with directors and other crew members but to be able to actually mm. sit across a table with the cinematographer and come yeah. up with a vision for even a small part of a film I've started finding quite exciting, and I've met. I've ended up working with all the best cinematographers in the country, and uh, to me, that's very exciting. Hmm. That it's collaborative, and it requires. There's a certain silence in shooting underwater. You know, the crew is very minimal. We're five, six of us compared to 150 people above yeah. the surface. Hmm. So we've learned to distill our communication because you can't use verbal communication. so either we have slates underwater or we use a lot of sign language so we are far better prepared because you can't go there and suddenly change your entire plan hmm. and uh, it's been meditative even though it's a big fat bollywood film and it have action and you got hmm. cars crashing in the water but in the moment of it all i hear is my breath and the absence of it and there is just utter silence and i can look at light and look at the play of light in the water it is really quite magical wow so priya out of all the projects that you've done until now which one has been uh, i mean of course it's difficult to choose but which one has been the most enriching experience for you you know both uh, both professionally and personally uh, let's say in terms of, in, in terms of just the takeaways just the takeaways that you've had from the film the learnings uh, the professional enrichment that a person goes through you know i I've, i've been working now for 22 years and i mm. think at each step in your professional journey every experience and i take it like that you know i think every experience and every shoot and every year you're growing as a human being and you're growing professionally and personally and i think these are all building blocks that contribute towards the next year of your work in the next year so i can't really pick on any particular project 
But okay. I think if you take year as the most enriching experience that it can possibly be, the next year then just you know, and I think then when you come to a point of twenty years, you've had twenty years of enriching experience, and not that I'm going to wait for that one big break I'm going to get, and you know that one project was great. I really go into every day of shoot, whether it's a small commercial or it's a big film. To me, every shot is so exciting because one is hoping that you're doing something different every day, you know, hmm. and trying not to yourself and trying to do something new. So um, every day is a damn good day. Hmm. Yeah, uh, Robert Richardson, the award-winning cinematographer who has shot a lot of Scorsese and Tarantino films, uh, he's famously said th- said said this once that I would much rather shoot a good picture than a good-looking picture. Where do you stand on that personally? I agree with that, you know, and I think at the end of the day, if our work looks better than the film, hmm. or it stands out much, not better, but I think if you can turn out, get out of a film, and you say, "Oh my God, the cinematography was outstanding," but the film I'm not so sure. I think then we fail as cinematographers. Okay. Because I think you have to put your ego as a as an artist, because hmm. at the end of the day, I always say filmmaking is a collaborative artist, and we are just one peg in the entire wheel, one cog. And if I'm going to sit there and say that I don't care about that, and I'm going to let my work shine beyond everyone else's, mm. then I've completely failed. And which I think goes back to your question about asking, do I have a signature style? I shouldn't have a signature style, and the style of the film should be the style of the work I do. So um, I'm in complete agreement with that. I don't want to make a great-looking film if it doesn't serve the script of the film. But. What can a cinematographer do? You know, uh, if you have signed up on a project, and let's say even the script was good, but the execution of the film from the let's say the director's point of view did not turn out as great as you had imagined it to be. What can a cinematographer do? Like, is isn't it, isn't your job to just work on making a good-looking film? What does good-looking mean? Is it a does good-looking mean that it's just generally every? Okay, so to answer your question, I think. Uh, Also, what happens in cinematography is if you're going to line up hundred good-looking shots, hmm. none of them are going to look good, because I think you know it. Eventually, there yeah. is a certain rhythm, cadence to when you are image making, and you have certain spectacular shots, and then you have certain ordinary shots because you have to also allow your shots some breathing room. But if you're going to stack up all your shots, and each shot is just going to be one after the other, and everything looks good, they're all going to look average, and hmm. it's going to fatigue. Who's viewing this? So, of course, you know, to go back to that, yes, of course, my job is to do a good job. Hmm. My job is also to do a good job, and hopefully, one doesn't get into this point where you've signed up with a project and uh, where you're the only person who is, uh, you know, I have to do good-looking work. I, I, it hasn't happened to me yet, and okay. I think this is where you start out in the beginning and you make sure that you're part of a project, which is why I'm so picky about the projects that I choose. Okay, as well. Because one wants to be a part of something which is we are all on the same page, you know. Hmm. Hmm. Priya, uh, uh, first of all, I want to know: Is the my next question? Is it too cliche for you? The question about being a women cinematographer in India has it? Are you are you tired of that question now? So since this is going to be an audio interview, I guess you couldn't see my eyes rolling back. Yeah. I was really impressed. Start with this. You didn't bring it up for the first fifteen minutes, but. Uh, Am I tired of it? Uh, yes, I'm tired of it. But is it something that I cannot ignore? Of course, I can't ignore it. I understand yeah. it exists, and I, that uh, we're having this conversation partly because of that as well. So, 
how is it being a woman cinematographer in india it is to say the least quite unique it's different the mm. mm. uh, i'm sure anyone who's hearing this would know that it's been now a 20 year journey when i started working there were very few of us the numbers have kind of gone up a bit but it's still not even 1% of all cinematographers in this country are women so hmm hmm but do you think that we need to keep talking about it just in order to inspire more people and inspire more women to become cinematographers absolutely and it's not you know i was being slightly facetious earlier it is something i take very seriously hmm. and um, fact there are a few of us who started this organization called IWCC which is the yeah. Indian Women's Cinematographers Collective yeah it's very dear to me and it's very important to me and i um, invest a lot of time and emotion into it because i believe that this is something you're absolutely right it does need to be discussed hmm. it needs to be spoken about all the time because when i started out i in bombay i didn't know anybody else at that point there were hmm. certain people who were studying in ftii but they were couple they were still studying when i had started working hmm. there was no practicing photographer so um and i know now when i look back i had missed that i didn't know it then because i thought that was my reality and that was the world i was in but hmm. now with iwc and with the entire support and camaraderie that is there between women cinematographers i think it's extremely important hmm all right uh, priya uh, formal education uh, for for a field like cinematography how important do you think it is um so there are two schools to becoming a cinematographer to you know there are two paths i would say one is the path of formal education i didn't have that and i think okay. i missed it i'm having it because i think what it does for you apart from give you a nice structured introduction into filmmaking as a craft and you know to value it as a craft this is not something you know the problem now is that everyone has access to a camera which is at one level good as well you can pick up anything and you can tell a story there is a certain egalitarianness to the process which right. is good because i everyone should have a voice and should be able to tell a story but do not diminish that this is still a craft that has to be learned just because you can roll a camera and run it doesn't mean that there is an entire history to this craft which is going over 100 years and there is a learning to it mm. and i think that's what film school does at one level it just introduces you to the idea that this is something that is structured and needs to be learned as well so mm. however you choose to do it you can do it by yourself like i did i read on it tremendously i watched everything i could because i didn't have the privilege of uh, formal education so um But, it, but you did go to film both, school no it was like 6 months you know honestly all right. it was a nice introduction kind of certificate course yeah so it just gave me an introduction into it which is great but i don't think and i am generally quite an academic person i like to read i like to deep dive into everything and um, that is something that i continue to do till today and maybe it's just an insecurity of not having a formal education in cinematography so that is something i work on all the time also just the kind of person i am you know i am constantly studying and that is something i think that one must realize this is a very dynamic profession filmmaking you can't study it once in film school and then forget about it for the rest of your life and use that knowledge for the rest of the times because what was relevant then is not relevant now mm. and i think again it's all building blocks you know so to also be aware that just because one has had a film school education doesn't mean that i've finished my study then and now i'm going to rest back on that and keep making films yeah um priya on a final note what 
advice do you have for aspiring film uh, aspiring filmmakers aspiring cinematographers or even people who have not yet uh, experienced you know had their experience with cameras let's say for the lack of resource or whatever reason it might be uh, so what advice would you have for them in order to get started and what kind of practical advice would you have for them uh, so that you know they they have a better uh, they have a clearer path in terms of the future that they headed towards well you know the this was my this is my personal opinion on it and i know many people differ and maybe my opinion comes from the fact that i didn't have a formal film school education i find that working with people and assisting people is a great learning as well there's only so much that you can get from watching a thousand films and going out there with a small and shooting stuff of course now these are things that people are going to do because if you're interested in it you will pick up a camera and shoot Hmm. but there is a lot of value in working with people who are already doing you know who had the experience because i think you learn a lot about firstly how to people manage because a large part of what we do is when you're running a crew of 100 people one is to have a vision one is how are you going to get other people to ed- execute your vision and for that it's not just you know having a great idea one is having a great idea but you need to be a team player and i think this is never spoken about as a filmmaker whichever department you're in you need to be a team player you need to learn to how to work in a team how to get people to work for you and how to work for people because mm-hmm. at the end of the day that one script and that is the script is the boss and the director is also executing the vision in the script so one must always learn how to have your eyes and ears open and how to be collaborative you know we're not tyrants sitting here turning around and saying this is my vision and i want to make a film it's not and i think those days of you know that entire bad behavior of i'm going to walk onto a set and i have my vision and everybody must execute it i think i i'm not a believer in that at all so i think learn to keep your eyes and ears open be collaborative and mm. learn how to lead a team because that is the skill you're going to need above all hmm and any practical advice for uh, you know let's say people are struggling to let's say find their own uh, find their first project uh, people are struggling in bombay or have been there for a couple of years you know i know this is it's hard because i get so many calls myself and the thing is what's happened is they become many many small institutes all over the country now where they're training people and just literally spitting them out into the world and saying go to bombay and you'll get work hmm. so there is a huge glut in the number of people coming out and the kind of work available so the only thing i think one can say is try and get a foot in any door you know and if you can't get it as a cinematographer maybe try and get it from some other side just get on a set hmm. so i think that's what i would say get on a set in any capacity then go and find the cinematographer because maybe if you keep cold calling cinematographers it's going to be very hard for anyone to hire you because we really do get a lot of calls so get on in any other department which is easier to get in and get on a set and then find your way in. but just get on a film set somehow some manner and then get into the cinematography department okay so thank you so much priya this has been great and uh, such a huge pleasure to have this conversation with you uh, thank you so much for joining us uh, and thank you so much for all of your insights and just sharing anecdotes from your life thank you it was a pleasure i enjoyed it very much thank you priya thank you bye bye okay thank okay bye